0: Welcome to the Women on the Rise podcast. I'm Jen Blandos, the founder of Female Fusion. And this is where we look at everything entrepreneurship for female entrepreneurs, whether you are just getting started, or you have a seven or eight figure business, we cover the topics that matter most to you as you are building, growing and scaling your business. Welcome to another episode of Women on the Rise. And today's guest, I am so excited about. Uh, We are talking to Joanna Angelothaki, who is the co founder of Instashop. And this woman is a legend in the UAE entrepreneurial scene. And you'll see for yourself after we do today's interview. Welcome to the show, Joanna. Hi, Jen. That was probably the
1: best intro I ever had.
0: Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> and I got your name right. I saw you Completely. out at the corner of my yeah, eye and like you were so surprised. It's what happens when you're married to a Greek, right? <laughs> <I do. laughs> well, I'm really happy. I know you were so busy with your role at InstaShop. And thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me. Thank you too for having me. It's, I felt
1: um, when you when you invited me to the podcast, I felt so great that I would be able to, you know, like just be a small part of what you're doing and
0: helping female entrepreneurs. So, yeah, I'm very happy. Oh, thank you so much. I would love, for people who don't know you, now, mm. a lot of people know you in the UAE, um, but we have listeners and viewers all over the world. So tell them a little bit about... Who you are and what InstaShop is. And then they're all going to want it in their countries as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, when we do
1: like in meetings, you do quick introductions. Yeah. Uh, so, usually what I say is um, I'm Ioann Angildaki and I'm the founder of InstaShop. And that pretty much sums up my life, which sounds cheesy, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm Greek. Uh, I started my entrepreneurial journey in 2013, along with uh, John Tioris, who's my co-founder at Instashop and CEO. Uh, we started back then. It all started from a discussion, actually, about you know what we're doing with our lives, what we want to achieve, are we happy? It was there was this uh, like fire burning that yeah. we want more. Uh, so we started brainstorming. We said, okay, we're going to have a startup. We had no idea what that would be. So it was a matter of calls every day, meetings, this, that. So then we decided uh, we decided to start with a um, voice social network, which looking back right now, it's like, what were we thinking? Because, I mean, <laughs> what are you competing with? Um, but it was a very interesting journey back then. We we tried to bring Vound, as it was called in the world, for two years. We learned a lot. We traveled to San Francisco to get investment. Um, I was, let's say, even more initiated in marketing. Uh, and in 2015, like beginning, we realized that actually we've been trying two years. We've been spending all our personal funds, right? And family funds, whoever could help us at the moment. And it was not working out. Okay. So we took the hard decision to pivot. Uh, I remember the call I had with John on how much we had spent, how much we had left. And you know what? I keep calling the supermarket and they keep messing up my orders. And it's so frustrating. John was in Dubai at the moment. I was working remotely from Greece. So what do you think? And I said, you know, okay. (laughs) It was very scary. It was scary. You put two years of work, you put all your money, and then you have, it takes, I don't know, it takes another level of strength to say, okay, I'm letting this go. I need to move on to something new. Yeah. So this is how InstaShop started in 2015. It was all about supermarket delivery. (laughs) And yeah, now we are wow, are we eight years? Yeah. And it's changed so much. It has become like a marketplace of everything. Pharmacies, pet shops, uh, makeup, you name it. And you started initially just in one tower though, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. We started, I mean, we, we had to in a way, make the industry, it was a very fresh idea back then. The industry was so, um, it was so fresh also in terms of um, how you onboard partners, right? Yeah. The, the, the potential of this industry was not familiar to people. It was something that, okay, it's probably this app is nice to have, but it's not going to bring me any value. So we struggled a lot on, on day one. So we started with one bacala like small, small supermarket Mm -hmm. and uh, one tower, princess tower at the moment.
0: And so then just collected items from that supermarket and people would go onto the app and it would be delivered. Yeah. And that was back then, eight years ago, that's how it would normally work is you would have the phone number of the local supermarket or the local shop. You would give them a call and they would normally have a guy on a bike who would be at the shop and bring over the, f- <laughs> the food or the water, whatever it was that, that yeah. you wanted. And I don't even think that exists anymore. Like most supermarkets and shops won't even have that. Yeah, today, yes.
1: Also because yeah. the competition on online grocery delivery is so fierce. So you have a lot of yeah. players so, I mean, there still is some phone orders. They still exist, but yeah, you cannot compare. Even specifically after COVID, it boomed. So you cannot compare, especially to buy uh, in terms of grocery ordering today to 2015.
0: But before, so before the pandemic, mm. I remember online shopping was not really a thing. You know, supermarket delivery was not a thing. And the supermarkets that were doing it did it really badly. Yeah. And so it was kind of like, what's the point? I'm going to order my groceries, but it's going to take five days for them to deliver it for me. <laughs> so I might as well go to the, the shop. But then the pandemic happened and that changed everything. Yeah, And that changed InstaShop quite a bit as well, because I remember InstaShop before pandemic happened and then it completely transformed your business as well. Yeah, yeah, 100%
1: um for sure it had a positive impact on us i know it's weird to say because we're talking about the pandemic right um but the numbers i mean today looking back speak for themselves it was a very stressful period we until 2020 up until 2020 And today, we always try to look forward, you know? We should be ready to scale. Uh, We should be ready to foresee how the industry is going to move. But that happened in one night. And even though we always try to, for example, have our tech ready and scalable, yeah. overnight, uh, there was a surge of demand. And the supply in terms of partners was very limited also because they couldn't deliver. Like some had to shut down. So... It was a huge challenge for us at the time. we had to manage technology overnight to be able to accommodate the orders we had to manage our partners we had to manage you know all the logistics we had to manage customer service mm-hmm. um, it was it was pretty challenging but for me like at the time although it was it was a very stressful you know couple of months that we had also the lockdown you remember. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting for a number of reasons. First of all, it's amazing to see that your team will support you because they don't have to at the end of the day. For example, uh, the marketing team at that time, we were not doing any marketing. I mean, we couldn't handle the orders we were getting, right? Everyone was doing customer service. So everyone just jumped in uh, emails messages phone calls like 12 hours a day i used to tell my team you know it's okay it's okay you know we're going to handle it and everyone was hands on to support the company that's amazing it is yeah but it's yeah. so
0: nice as well especially with small businesses yeah. because it is even though you're a bigger business you're still you know at that time as well you were still a smaller business or an SME that Everybody should be able to do things in the business. And, you know, even the founders as well, that, you know, we should be able to do emails. We should be able to take yeah. that customer service call if it means that you have to get in your car and go make a delivery. For sure. And you yeah. learn through that,
1: right? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely.
0: And um, true,
1: it's, I think it's also the... It, it It's expected to happen in a small business, in a startup, that everyone is hands-on. Yeah. You know, no, uh, Today we are... Eight years. We are like a thousand people across country. The team, more Incredible. or less, and still every year. I mean, I have in my team people who were from day one. Yeah. Uh, four, five, seven years, uh, and still until today. Uh, for example, Valentine's Day, right? We have. A, we know we're expecting a surge of flower orders, <laughs> and we're always like. The marketing team is always like, okay, which shop you want me to go to help. Everyone is still like so passionate and so invested,
0: and this is this is my uh, this is the best part. That's beautiful. Yeah, and that's that's what's so nice about mm. having your business and creating it that
1: yeah.
0: that you you have that, and people people have that ownership as well within the business, especially true. when you feel it. True, true. It's the people at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Now you. Um, you're not just in the UAE, you initially started in Dubai, but now you're mm. across the UAE and you're in a number of other markets as well. True. How, how did that go doing that international expansion? Uh, in some cases easy, in some cases not so easy. <laughs> yeah. Do you find, um, it, are all the markets, are, are they open to the idea of InstaShop? Um, or is it a harder sell that sometimes they really like having the local guy with mm. the bike that they call? Mm-hmm.
1: It's a learning curve for... And it's a different learning curve for each market that we enter, right? Um, at the beginning, we were... Within Middle East, so Bahrain, Qatar, uh, markets that have some similarities, so we could we could use a plug-and-play model, mm-hmm. uh, which made it you know a tiny bit easier, let's say, uh, but always legal. It's you need know, to consider uh, local entities, and when it comes to marketing. It's things I learned as well, because at the beginning I might have thought, you know, we're in Bahrain. It's okay. We'll have a local team in Dubai to manage all the communication and everything. And you learn through these mistakes that it's always best to be relevant and to localize. Yeah. Uh, And then we also expanded in Greece, which is a completely different market. (laughs) So exactly like you said it's a different mentality you yeah. know when it comes Dubai is so fast forward to in 2015 people are were calling the supermarket in Greece until today you have to educate them yeah. that you know you don't need to go to the supermarket you can order online um, there are, there are great differences. you learn as you go. this is also a reason why whenever we launch a, a new country we always start, start hyper local. We don't just enter Greece, as an example, you and you have full coverage, right? Yeah. You start from, we always, until today, we start with a neighborhood. Okay. We see, like, you start small, you see challenges that may arise, you see uh, feedback from customers. So, yeah, we, we, we learn and we go. It's important know, it, to be flexible.
0: Absolutely. Mm. You know, it, it's really funny. I, I said this to you before as well, that, I think InstaShop has become such an essential tool for so many people. It's so funny, like when I travel or uh, I've taken my son to university in the UK and he's like, this really sucks that there's no (laughs) InstaShop. It's a habit now. It's a habit, right? And it is... Um, It it is something that, I mean, you and John were, were very clever in creating this, that it was such a need, that it really addressed the need, even in a market where I wouldn't have thought it would have worked before then because people were so against online everything. It was like, I want cash on delivery. I want the guy to come. And Within, I I think it was really the pandemic that changed it, that people now, nobody carries cash. Where before the pandemic, it would be quite often that you would carry a wallet full of cash and you were handing out money everywhere. And now it's all digital. And it's been a really interesting transformation I've found for the UAE, but also the whole region that everybody's really embraced, embraced the digital economy. A hundred percent. I think to begin with,
1: It was a very strategic decision uh, of us to um, launch InstaShop in Dubai. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know how it would have looked like if, for example, we started in Greece, being such a different market. So that definitely facilitated things for us. Um, And also, you have to be 100% invested. Like We wanted this app, even back uh, day one, to be so good that I can order. Yeah. The, the kind of cat food I, I need has to be on the app. Uh, there should be cash on delivery, but there should also be the, the I should have the ability to put my cart and shop online. So we were judging from ourselves and up until today we have we we encourage our team members to always always shop on Instashop Shop and anything. Either it's a it's a product recommendation that it's not online, or anything, feedback, something not working well, or, or it would be amazing if we had X, Y, Z. So I think uh, really digging into your product and always yeah. think like, am
0: I happy with this as a consumer myself? Yeah. It really helps. But that research is so important, mm. right, for, for business. And I find oftentimes when I speak with entrepreneurs and if they're struggling in their business, oftentimes it goes back to research that you haven't talked to your customers enough, that you haven't played with whatever it is that you're delivering, whether it's a product or service, to make sure that it's really adding value for, for your customers. Sure. And uh, always
1: having an eye on the market. Yeah. Not necessarily that um, it's going to change your perspective on things, but,
0: you know. It's good to be constantly innovating, though, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, you, Definitely. Need to, you need to know what's out there. It's interesting to know what the competition are doing. But I always say as well, you know, you're two, three, four steps ahead. So keep focusing on that. Definitely, yes. And you and John started InstaShop together. What's your view? Because I hear differing things from investors, VCs, that Mm. sometimes they'll say that they really like to look towards companies to invest in that have a couple of partners that have co-founders rather than just one founder. Mm. How is your experience? You and John have done a couple of businesses together. Do you think it's better to have uh, co-founders or several founders rather than just an individual? I can't I can't answer
1: for sure from the investor' side, mm. but I'll tell you that it would be pretty lonely if there was only one founder, uh, only because it's always amazing to share your vision. It's amazing to have someone by your side. Uh, at the the great moments and at the challenging moments as well and I think what worked specifically for myself and John is that in fact we are very different we are so different from each other uh, and we complement each other I handle everything about marketing whatever that means for me as a personality, right? Yeah. And John is the CEO who is all about, you know, he's a great businessman. He handles negotiations perfectly. So we fully complement each other. So I would say that because usually when you're at the beginning and you're thinking, okay, okay, I, it would be great to have a co-founder uh, along the way. Uh, maybe my xyz best friend right which is it's normal it's, yeah yeah it's yeah. normal uh, because I go along best with that person it's it's great but for business it's amazing to have two different minds yeah thinking at the same time
0: yeah if you're too similar yeah it's yeah exactly yeah, you need to have those varying views.
1: So you need to think from a business sense how to mm. choose your partner.
0: And your so your focus has been marketing, but you your background you studied as an engineer, didn't you? <laughs> True. Yes. <laughs> so how did you how did you get into marketing? Um, I studied engineering
1: because I did not know what to do with my life. <laughs> so that looked like, you know, interesting. It had a lot of things, uh, anything from math uh, to finances uh, to hydraulics to everything, management. So I saw it like, OK, I'm going to start. I I should end up liking something of yeah, all yeah. these subjects, right? Uh, I finished. I was not quite sure yet. So then I went into marketing management. It was interesting couple of years uh, but I was, I still, it's that thing that we were discussing about, you know, 2015. We we're talking with John and we were still not, you yeah. know, there. Like, okay, you have, you've studied like for seven years, but what is it that I want that makes me happy and that gives me this fire? Um, so during uh, my master's degree, because I was, I was burning inside. Uh, I worked as a receptionist (laughs) at the careers office of my university and part-time in the evenings I started googling mainly and learning by myself about uh, marketing and starting you know freelancing at the beginning of course for free and then small businesses then medium businesses abroad and it started getting very exciting for me. I was I loved the learning part. I loved yeah. that I could I could learn something and then go and try it. So it happened on the side. University is amazing. I learned many things, but those after hours, you know, that you're just uh, digging in internet and you learn by yourself uh, Facebook advertising, for example, yeah.
0: it was pretty exciting. I love and, and, you know, the thing about marketing as well, is especially if you have... The character where you want to constantly learn because mm. it evolves so much all like the time marketing six months ago is not what marketing is today especially with all of the the tech and what a fascinating area to have gone into as well and I love to how you were you know y- y- you were working as a receptionist you were doing all of the freelancing and I think that that's such a great message as well to show people that anything is possible right like Anything is possible if you have the drive and the desire to do it. True. That's true. That's true.
1: I think I tend to forget about it. Yeah. Like I focus on on today. Yeah. Um, and I know that we've come a long way. But even back then, I was so happy doing both jobs and learning. And today it's a different kind of happy. Yeah. <laughs> but still a grown up happy. Yes. <laughs> but yeah it takes time for sure it takes time and long hours and you know choosing to do this versus that not go out and stay home
0: there's no there's no easy in setting up your business Mm -mm. and i i find it interesting that sometimes people think that setting up a business is easy that making money is easy and they look at entrepreneurs like you or other successful business owners or me and they're like well I can do that. That looks easy. And what they don't see is that, you know, all of those hours, you know, that you didn't go up with friends no. and that you were doing all of these online courses or doing extra courses, working for free to go and get that experience that you use today in, in your business. So it does become easier. Definitely. I think entrepreneurship is
1: glamorized in a way. Yeah. I mean, it is amazing. You you push yourself to limits. You have very low points, very high ones,
0: (laughs) often in uh, the same day within a couple of hours.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, Um, but it's it's made to look like so pretty and so you know so exciting. And like you said, no one talks about the fact that you need to be if you want something to work you need to be a hundred percent you know it yeah. yourself yeah it's like you have a baby actually yeah um so yeah there's it's inevitable there's a lot of stress there's long hours there are challenges uh of course it's not always easy with people with your co-founder right but yeah. through all these things you can only manage to go to the next step yeah but yeah it takes time and like real effort
0: what do you what do you like the best about having your own business being an entrepreneur
1: oh that's a good question what do I like the best I think the fact that I managed to to feed this this thing that I had I didn't know what it was and I wanted to do things but I didn't know what I didn't know what to study I didn't know what I like and then Instashop Came, and I made I made this the way that I am happy through it. Yeah. Like for example, I had the flexibility. Maybe I didn't like uh, marketing at the end of the day, right? I could always go to operations. I could always go to product assortment, and this is amazing. And I've learned so many things. Uh, there is this excitement in creating. I don't know if you can get from something else. So,
0: yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that as well, that, you know, you you get to decide what it looks like, right? You get to decide how far you're going to push the limits of creativity and what that looks like. Sometimes we get it spectacularly wrong. Sometimes it goes incredibly right. But you have... I don't know. I, I agree with you that you have that, that flexibility. The, the other thing that I really love, and I don't know if you find this, but I like the fact too, that I can do what I want whenever I want. <laughs> you know, it, like I was always one that I didn't like rules and I didn't like being told what to do. And of course, you know, I probably work more than I would if I was working for someone else, but it's also things like, Hey, you know what, if I want to go work from here for a month, I can do that. You know, if you want to go to Greece and spend the summer in Greece, you can still run your business. And if you had what I call a day job, I don't know if you would necessarily be able to do that. And that, I I love that freedom in a way. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure, for sure, definitely. Yeah, no, I mean, it's not even remotely comparable to a day job job. in that sense, (laughs) but... um,
0: yeah and what what do you find it's like, um being in the tech industry because you are mm. are a tech business, and it is quite male dominated. There's not as many women in that industry. And I think sometimes women can feel intimidated to go into that sector because they feel that maybe it wouldn't be for them or they should be doing other things. How have you found that? And have you found that there's been a bit of a bro culture around there mm. or it's been okay? Mm.
1: For me, I haven't felt that. I haven't felt the, the I'm a woman uh, in a male-dominated industry. Uh, I'm surrounded by very kind men <laughs> at work. I work closely with the developers team, so I never I never had this feeling. But I understand. Yeah, the question. I think, I think what I can relate to is that. I might get after entering this industry um this voice inside my head you know this um that says you know you you, you you're not good enough you don't know the subject don't go there uh, oh yeah that got louder for sure but yeah. that's uh, that's um uh, how do you call it imposter syndrome right i think for women that is this is the thing that yeah. we should tackle the most
0: i think um I mean, everybody gets imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. on some level. And I find it interesting when I meet people, even like really, really high level Mm -hmm. people sometimes, and you find out that they have imposter syndrome. Like I remember one time while ago, I met somebody who was a newly appointed chairman of bank. And he said to me, he's like, I'm really worried that like, people are going to see me as a fraud and i don't feel oh, wow. that i should be here and i thought that's really interesting that somebody who's like been working towards that for decades gets there and then is like am i good enough and i thought we all get it we all get it a lot of times we're scared to go and say that That we have it because even as well, like I get it, even with female fusion, that I feel like okay, well, I've been an entrepreneur for over twenty years. I know what I'm doing, but then I think, am I good enough? Do I have enough experience? Do I have enough knowledge? Should you know my business be bigger? Should I have you know like all of those things go in your head, and then you're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, like, but I think we all, whether you're you know the chairman of a bank or you're just starting out. Yeah, I think this is the most important thing to overcome yeah. at any
1: stage. Maybe a bit more importantly at the beginning, because it might tend to be a blocker. Yeah. Like I really want to do this and that, but I'm not ready. I should wait first. I should finish this and this and this, and then I'm gonna start. Okay, and I don't have enough money. I don't have a designer. I don't have. It yeah, doesn't just do it.
0: matter. Yeah. yeah, and I so often and. I think especially even as well with with women we get in our own way oh yeah so often like we're getting in our own way and you think and even I I've done it as well and I've thought where would I be if I would have done it six months ago when I had that idea where I should have done that and it's just sometimes having the courage to go okay I'm gonna do it yeah if it works great if it doesn't Well, I've had a very expensive training course. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. People are scared to fail also because,
1: I mean, you look around you, you go on social media, everyone is somehow rich and beautiful Uh. and successful. So I understand that there is this barrier that I should look this way. What if it doesn't happen? So... It's. I think also social media feed this imposter syndrome. But uh, failure is part of the way. If you don't fail, you're not going to learn. Every yeah. day, like you said, 20 times a day, you go up and down and up and down. Yeah. <laughs> so, Entrepreneur life. So if yeah, you're not ready for it. It's a roller coaster.
0: <laughs> it is. And, and I think one of the things that I found as I've done it more and more, is that it's so important to surround myself with the right people. Mm. Because you have to have, you have to have the friends who are entrepreneurs in a way that get it, even if they work in a completely different sector, to be able to have that friend when you have that down, sometimes when you feel like it's so bad, and I think we all get it, to be able to have that friend that you can talk to or a group of friends that will be like, look, I've gone through this. Mm -hmm. This is how I did it. Or have you tried that? And all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay. I'm not such a bad failure after all. (laughs) (laughs) True, true. And
1: this is also the importance of not being alone. Yeah. Uh, Either as a founder or or at least having the right team Surround you. Yeah. Because there will be a lot of downs, right? So you need to sit with these two,
0: three, five people and and navigate. Do you find... One of the things that I'm noticing a lot more in my, my years of having female fusion is that I notice a lot of women, I think more than men, are scared to ask for help because we're scared to admit maybe that something went wrong or you know that we haven't been as good as what it appears on social media yeah
1: I think it goes back to everything looking so perfect yeah and also for a woman to look vulnerable I think we feel that this has this gives us less value we should be strong we should we should look a certain way we should be boss ladies you should always wear a suit you should you know it doesn't matter you should do the work and and that's all let let it speak for itself
0: yeah and you know you do get judged by people and I used to care a -hmm. lot in the beginning and I've I feel like I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I don't care anymore. Because you're busy, right? I'm too busy. I'm too yeah. busy to care. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's yeah. like,
0: I, I'm lucky that I put on makeup today and did my <laughs> hair. Right? Same. <laughs> right. You know, because there is like, yeah, you're just so busy doing stuff. And I wish sometimes, too, that women would see that mm-hmm. and be like, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to say that you don't know something. Um, and that's maybe where being surrounded by other people. Like if you have a co-founder or if you have Female a network Fusion. Female fusion. Yeah, yeah, but it's
1: it's, it's true, right? Yeah. Mean, and, and you see it more than me because you meet all these women every day. Yeah. And all of these women reach out to Female Fusion for that reason.
0: Yeah. And it is. Uh, and yeah, you're right. Yeah. And I do feel really grateful to be in that position because I didn't have that. When mm-hmm. I set up my business, and I always think, like, if I yeah. had had something like Female Fusion, wow, my business like would have gone so much further, so much quicker. Um, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Now I want to talk August 2020. That Ooh. was a, <laughs> that was a big month for you, right? So, actually, I'm going to let you say what happened in August 2020.
1: Oh, that was a stressful August. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a it's it's a funny story. When we were never looking into selling the business, we kind of crossed paths with delivery Hero. They were very active in the in the region, so it was like an accidental, let's say, meeting of the two companies, and I think we got more excited with what they're doing. We saw their passion. We saw their values. We saw all these companies that are under their umbrella, their passion for the delivery industry, food Mm. and groceries and marketplaces. So we really got excited. We're discussing with John about the overlap between Instashop and Delivery Hero. And then the discussion went towards the acquisition. And it just felt right. We said, if we ever going to sell this makes perfect sense and also part of the discussion was that we would continue to have and to to be 100% independent so it's like we're selling but we're not selling because we're not ready we weren't ready in 2020 to give up insta shop so it was the deal was was perfect for us and it's important it's important for that overlap if we were talking about the a very different company that, yeah. let's say, approached us for a similar case. Um, it's always important to meet the person and be like, okay, I like Jen. I like her values. It makes sense. She loves this industry. She can actually support me to grow yeah. whatever I'm doing even more. So this is the the click that happened with Delivery Hero.
0: Well, and it, it it's like a relationship, right? Yeah. Because you're... You're going to be working so closely with them that if they don't have the same values, it's going to be quite hard. For sure, for sure. So, so this happened in August 2020. Mm -hmm. They um, they acquired you for 360 million, which is amazing. Yeah, who knew? Um, (laughs) Right? Like, did you Uh, when you saw that number? Were you like, what? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I'm still the same person that
1: I was 10 yeah. years ago, you know this yeah. this is not I came from I mean my family is uh, amazing, but I don't come, let's say from a rich background. So everything that's happening throughout these 10 years, I always tell myself, oh, one second, look at this. Look at this number, look at uh, look at what you've done and when when you get it's it's a it's a reality check that you we've come so far that actually yeah. this deal happened. So it's pretty exciting. It's bittersweet. It's like you're giving away something you created. But it's also like look at what I've done.
0: Right. And we, like,
1: we tend to kind of forget about that part, you know, to just stop for a minute and say and
0: look around and be
1: like, okay, I'm here today.
0: Yeah, but we don't celebrate, right? Like no. we have we have great things, like whether it's something smaller, or something bigger. I think mm-hmm. that as entrepreneurs, we really don't take that time to celebrate, and the fact that you two grew Instashop to what it was. So at that time, it would have been five five years old, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So because it's eight now, yeah, amazing in five years to have done that built that scaled that true
1: true you don't realize it when you're yeah. inside and you're you right keep it. working every day and you keep struggling more and more and what can i do next or this happened today you tend to forget yeah you do need to take like yeah. just a small break and realize what where you're at but it was it was it was amazing i think it was uh, it made sense as a next step and three years have passed. I've learned a lot, a lot of things. Uh, we got access to resources. I got to meet people from Delivery Hero that were pretty interesting and discuss about marketing and this and that. So, uh, yeah, Always it opened learning. a new window. Yeah. You know?
0: And it did it? So I guess as well that with that it enabled you to go into a lot of different areas and mm-hmm. grow Instashop in a way. Because I remember. Instashop, or even from before the pandemic to what it is now, is a completely different different product. Mm. So that also, as well, has been great for consumers that they have access to so much more. Yeah,
1: yeah. For sure, you need to keep uh, you need to keep evolving. Yeah, and e-commerce keeps evolving. So we. We had to, we had to, and we always wanted to, actually, but, you know, the right time and the right place for that. So the vision was to become a super app where whatever you need, is it your specific cat food or is it uh, shopping from that specific supermarket? Because I like the brand when it comes to getting fruits, for example. We wanted to make it so consumer-friendly. We've learned this along the way. Also, there were some... Amazing learnings that I didn't expect. Uh, so yeah, you need to listen and go to that direction.
0: Yeah. And when so when the deal was done, mm. how did you feel at that moment? What what were the feelings like?
1: Um. I think it was a nice relief. It gave me uh, some sort of safety net. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. It's when you're an entrepreneur, you always think. Also Am I going to lose my house? <laughs> yes, and will yeah. I have money next month? I mean, we were we were healthy as a company. The yeah. shop is a healthy company, but you always think you have. At the time, I think did we have maybe f- around 500 team members. You have responsibility, right? Yeah. So at that point to me it was a relief that okay we have this giant backing us up it's it was it was this feeling the fact that we maintained independence it didn't make me you know um, feel like i'm giving something away yeah. or that someone else is going to come and tell me you have to do this and not that
0: so because it's the ideal for For you and John and what you had created, right? It would be silly if they would buy it and then turn it into something else. It's really interesting to hear that. And When you said that, I was thinking, you know, that's exactly the same way I would feel that if I would ever take investment in my business is that I think probably the heaviest thing for me is always feeling the responsibilities for everything and you know I, I sometimes say to friends that like being an adult and a grown-up is hard <laughs> you <laughs> know sometimes it's like could I just like have somebody take care of all of that so you can focus on on other stuff and, and when you don't have that that burden that that feels pretty good so I can imagine how Definitely. awesome that felt yes, yes. so what advice would you give to other business owners so now you've done this for eight years been an entrepreneur for a lot longer
1: mm.
0: had the one business that didn't work had Instashop. if because one of the things i hear from business owners is they're like what advice would you give to me so i could like create my business and eventually sell it like what what would be your your piece of wisdom that people should be thinking and about? and
1: eventually sell it
0: and eventually sell it. Yeah, I know that's the goal yeah.
1: for um, for many cases, for sure. When I you start th- a company, like you have the vision of yeah. at some point it's going to grow this much and I'm going to...
0: But we all have to exit at some point, right? Yeah. You know, I had somebody say to me once, she was like, well, I'm never going to sell my business. And I was like, well, you're going to have to let go of your business at, at some time. We all have to have... Some kind of exit plan for a yeah, business right
1: true I understand that's another kind of vision that you yeah. want to make something so big maybe global and you continue to be the head of that so I I respect that yeah um what would be my advice um, we made that happen in in five years which it doesn't I mean It sounds short. It is short, fine. But it felt like five dog years. It felt like a small, you know, (laughs) century for me. Um, The most important thing I would say, okay, first of all, start. Like, please stop thinking about it and take the first step and just keep your eyes and your ears open along the way and be ready to change, to quit, to restart. So I think that would be the first thing. And then it's all about just keep going, keep going, keep going, expect that there will be challenges, expect you're gonna make mistakes. Um, And the importance of a community, I think that gives comfort to this process for Mm -hmm. sure uh we mostly did it alone but yes if i if i look back like you said yeah if i had the community back then if i had female fusion it would have been different even on a on a personal level right the fact yeah. that you sit like you said with five friends which is yeah. what it basically is you find comfort so i think uh first starting off then perseverance um and you have to keep pushing there are no breaks.
0: <laughs> no breaks. I mean, okay, in, in a healthy level, yeah. Yeah. Johanna, <laughs> yeah. thank you so much for sitting down with me and sharing your story. I'm so grateful for your time today.
1: It was fun. Thank
0: you so much, Jen. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. If you want to be on top of the numbers in your business, why not download Female Fusion's SME dashboard? It is the exact dashboard that we use in Female Fusion to track all of our numbers, the financial numbers, the marketing numbers, customer service numbers. It really helps us stay on top of everything in the business. As I say, you can't grow what you don't know. So if you'd like to grab it, we've included a link in the show notes, or you can go to femalefusionnetwork.com forward slash SME dashboard. Now that might be a bit complicated. So just hop on over to the show notes and you can grab it from there.